for a number of years, I pushed it. I was like, you know, we need to forgive. We need to forgive. And then I started getting all of this pushback from people like, what are you talking about? Forgive. Of course we forgive. We're the most forgiving people on the planet. And (laughs) I dare to say we're not. Welcome to another episode of Hey, I'm Listening. I'm your host, Dr. Joan, and we're continuing our conversation that we started yesterday. I asked you at the end of our episode to remember, try to remember what it is that we as a nation are supposed to do. We're going to continue into today's session, which is more focused on forgiveness and the elements of Black history that actually boost our mental health. Let's get into it. Even though I would say we need to engage in a formal truth, forgiveness, and reconciliation process, one of the things that I also wanted to recognize about Black History Month is that it allows us to think or contemplate uh, improving our mental health by speaking the truth about the atrocities that have happened, right? And this is the trauma work that I do. There's always a speaking the truth. There's always a remembering of the moment just before the trauma happened. But then there needs to be an immersing of ourselves in the moment that was traumatic, and then reflecting on the harms that were done, and all the ways in which the impacts have cascaded out. So it's not just that in that moment, the trauma impacted us. But what are all the ways that there has been this domino effect And here, this is where I usually ask my clients to think about the negative thoughts that now they carry. I ask them to think about the false beliefs that they created in that moment. I ask them to think about the fears that erupted because of that moment. And then I ask them to think about their body and how their body carries the memory of that moment. So... For those of you who have been listening to me, you know that I wrote the book 490, Forgive and Live Fearlessly. And in that book, I not only talk about the forgiveness process, but I talk about the body, that the body remembers everything and that there are these epicenters of energy in the body that um, can get disrupted if something traumatic happens and if we don't immediately heal through a forgiveness process. Um, so one of the things that I think is so important for us to remember is how the body has been impacted. And if you think about the body as, you know, um, the head, the neck, the chest, the arms, the fingers, uh, the, the gut, the legs, you know, all the way down to the toes, what parts of the African, um, the African community across the globe is representative of all of those parts. And how has the body been impacted? What parts of us are the heart that now feel anger? What parts of us are now the gallbladder that carry the rage? What parts of us are the large intestines that carries the shame and the guilt and the regret? What parts of us are the voice What parts of us have been held back in terms of expression? What parts of us are the bladder um, who is feeling this urgency to like, you know, have a new thing come in? So 
it's important for us to also recognize that the body memory and the ways in which each of us plug into the body is an essential thing for us to notice. And it requires a, a level of awareness that rises above ourselves and helps us to recognize that we're plugged into something that is much, much for a number of years. I pushed it. I was like, you know, we need to forgive. We need to forgive. (laughs) And then I started getting all of this pushback from people like, what are you talking about? Forgive. Of course we forgive. We're the most forgiving people on the planet. And (laughs) I dare to say we're not. Uh, And there's no reason why anybody needs to declare that they're the most forgiving people on the planet. I think we are willing to release our emotions and to say there, I don't feel it anymore. But forgiveness requires a very intentional approach that teaches us not only about the harm that was done to us, but about the harm that we've been doing to ourselves. I don't believe we're ready to forgive yet, but every Black History Month prepares us for the release that is to come. When we move into the space where, let's say, national, So U.S., Canada, we can even say continental, uh, you know, forgiveness, or then we go international or global forgiveness is possible. Then I think we'll experience this level of restoration, you know, restoration in terms of our pride, in terms of our, our esteem as Black people, as melanated people, as Indigenous people. Um, I think there will be this valuing and this sense of belonging that will catapult us into a place of what I call social and economic prosperity that none of us, I mean, absolutely none of us could imagine. Black History Month offers us the opportunity to visualize true freedom, true peace, as Martin Luther King would define it, and true justice and we can then manifest it. So Martin Luther King talked about true peace in this way. He said, no society is perfect, but a society where there is true peace is a society that talks about the thing that is wrong right here, right now, and then puts a plan in place to ensure that the thing that is wrong is made right at some point in the future. It is a society that doesn't brush things under the carpet and then pretends that it's not there. It's not, it's a society that doesn't pretend like the big old white elephant in the room is not in the room. It's a society that has conversations and then pushes towards creating peace for everyone, not just silencing those people who say, I want peace. That is the difference. And I think Black History Month offers us the opportunity to visualize a community of Black people and a community that is multi-diverse that can actually create peace for each other. But this is where I think we have a purpose. I think in discovering as a nation what true peace looks like, we have an opportunity to then show others I've been watching a series um, on Prime Video called 1883. Actually, there's two I've been watching, uh, 1923 and then 1883. And both of them are directed, I think, by the same individuals. um, And they have kind of like the same theme. It's moving through the pioneering periods of the United States. 
1883 is the place where I'm going to focus us because it's about a group of pioneers that are uh, migrating, I think, from the Ukraine or Russia. They kind of have that type of accent. Um, and they're coming to the United States. They've come across in boats and then they're total strangers on these ships, but then they somehow come to an agreement that they're all going to pool their monies together to get them from this place where they've landed to Oregon, where there is land that is free. And then there is this uh, character, his name is James, and he and his family are now moving from Tennessee that his has been well-developed and they're going to Oregon because Oregon the land is free and they can basically go and occupy some of the territory there, farm the land and build. This is about pioneering and pioneering can be one of the most difficult things to do. But I think this is a place that we as black people are going to have to step into. We're going to have to pioneer peace. Yes, peace is a territory that we can enter. And the question is, how do we do it? Join me next time as we continue our conversation. This is Hey, I'm Listening, and I'm your host, Dr. Jones.